Hey there, welcome to BSing with Brandy, where my mission is to help you get shit done. I'm your host, Brandy Good, and today we're going to talk about Facebook groups, specifically what steps, processes, and considerations you need to think about before you start one. So this is something I've talked about before on the blog, but it's been coming up a lot lately since so many people are creating online courses and memberships and they want some sort of discussion area to go along with that. Now you could use some other forum software uh, or find course or membership site that has that functionality built in, um, but for my clients who do have that stuff built into their course and their membership, what they've found is that people actually aren't engaging very much in those spaces, but when they switch to a Facebook group, their students and members are engaging a lot more there. So um, we'll get into Facebook group versus your own platform in a little bit, but what I'm going to uh, do is go through a handful of things, I think nine or 10 things <laughs> that I want you to think about before you decide to start and promote an online group. So number one, <laughs> you do not own your Facebook group. Your Facebook group belongs to Facebook. <laughs> so uh, remember that we are all just renting space on Facebook, whether we're renting it um, by paying for it or for free. Um, we don't own that space, which means that we have very little control in the grand scheme of things about what goes on. So if something crazy happened to Facebook and suddenly um, all groups got shut down or just your group got shut down or your personal profile got shut down that you have linked to the group or alternatively your business page that was linked to the group got shut down you you might be able to get back in but you might be completely hooped <laughs> and so you might have lost all those contacts you've made inside the group so you um you need to be aware of that and you need to make sure that you're comfortable with that as a possibility or that you have made some uh made some workarounds or uh, other things to protect that info, which we'll get into later. Um, but just be aware that if you just start a group and you just promote it, people join your group, and then suddenly something happens to your group, then poof, it is gone. And the only way to find those people again is to, um, I don't know, try to remember their names reach out on your pages to people who used to be in your group, uh, it would be a very manual and very frustrating process. So that's the first thing. The second thing that I want you to consider is the following, and I, I don't want anyone to get offended <laughs> by this, it's not, I'm not calling out any people. Um, but every time something happens, some sort of update or something happens with Facebook, people go, oh, well, now this gets the most engagement. This is 
the place to be or this is the thing to do on Facebook. And so in the past little while, that has been Facebook groups. I want you to take this with all the kindness in my heart, but don't create a Facebook group just because your Facebook page performance is sucking. Um, I have seen a lot of people do that and it um, is not a good idea. Uh, don't start a group just because you think that people are going to engage more in your group instead of on your page. That might be the case, but that shouldn't be the sole reason why you're creating a group. Uh, because in the end, uh, probably what's going to happen is that your group performance is going to suck as well. If your page performance is sucking, like sucking big time, <laughs> it's probably not necessarily a Facebook algorithm issue or Facebook is punishing you or something. You probably have an issue with the content that you're posting. It's not what your people want to see um, or, well, that would be the big one, that it's not what your people want to see, or they're confused about what you're talking about. Um, so maybe look more at your content strategy as opposed to looking at a Facebook group. Okay, said with love. <laughs> All right, the third thing, number three. Do you have time to moderate a group. So look at your calendar, look at your tasks, look at your schedule. If you track your own time, look at how much time you're spending in a day doing all your things. Do you actually have time in your day, in your week to moderate a group? Because I want you to think of a Facebook group as a completely separate social media entity. Don't think of it as just an addition to what you're already doing on Facebook because it's not. It's going to take at least as much time, but probably more, to run a Facebook group than it is to run your Facebook page, especially if you're doing it well. <laughs> um, and especially when you're starting out, uh, your group might be quiet. If you're building it from the ground up uh, and the quieter your group is, the more time you directly are going to have to spend creating and curating content and posting things that are going to engage those members because once they're kind of warmed up and comfortable, then they will start engaging more and hopefully you can kind of get the ball rolling where they're creating content for you and um, putting up interesting engaging posts and people are talking to each other without you having to be quite so hands-on. So that's the ideal state. Um, but when you first create a group, you need to get the ball rolling. Uh, so don't create a group at a really, really busy time in your business unless it's part of a launch strategy, for example, with a course or a membership. Um, so that would be something that you're planning ahead for. So you're scheduling in that time. But if you just are randomly like, yeah, it's time to start my Facebook group, I'm gonna do it. If you're right in the middle of a super busy time, this is not the time to start the group, okay? Uh, and not only do you have, not only do you need lots of time to just moderate, you have to be constantly creating content for the group, right? So it's not just logging in, answering comments, um, responding to questions, approving um, 
members and stuff like that, what are you going to be posting in the group? And if your group is for some sort of engagement or support, you can't just create seven posts and like one for each day of the week and then put them on a repeating queue. Um, that works for really, really specific types of groups, but if you want to be generating discussion um, and keeping people interested and giving them updates about what's going on in your business, you're going to have to create content specifically for your group. So, how much time do you have each day to do that? Because it can be a daily thing, uh, unless you say right off the bat that it's only like a Monday to Friday thing and the weekends you won't be around, which you can totally do. That's your prerogative. Um, you just have to figure that out ahead of time. So how much time each day are you going to be able to spend inside your group? And how much time do you need to cre create content for your group? Are you going to need additional moderators? Do you have people in your business on your team that can take on that work? Uh, do you need to hire someone to moderate your group? Uh, so think about that because then that starts to veer into financial and not just your time resource. That's number three. Number four, uh, are you going to moderate as yourself or as your page? So there are a couple of different reasons why you might uh, choose yourself versus your page. So if you didn't know, <laughs> you can link your Facebook business page to your group and then you can actually post inside your group as your business. And you can switch back and forth between the two if you have your business linked. Uh, and so when might you want to post as yourself? And when might you want to post as your page? So some people want to keep a very clear, undefined line separating their personal and professional entities. And when I say professional entity, I mean like business entity. And so that might be you and you might have a completely valid reason for doing that. And so that might be a case where when you're posting in your group, you're posting as your business. Um, if you are, if your business is you, your brand is you, you are a professional, you are an entrepreneur and you're not promoting a business name, then it it makes sense to post with your name. Now, to be fair, you could still be posting with your business page if your business page is branded as you. So for example, if I started branding my business as Brandy Good instead of BLG Business Solutions, I, can, I could change my business page on Facebook to Brandy Good, whatever would come after that. Maybe nothing, but maybe just Brandy Good. And then I might start posting in the group from my business page because it would, as far as the members know, they're still talking to me, Brandy Good. Now, the other reason why you might want to post and moderate as your business page is if, if you're a little bit bigger and you have team members who are helping you moderate, uh, what I see a lot of people do is they just have their team members join their group from their personal profile, which if they are comfortable with that and you are comfortable with that, that is okay. Uh, in some cases, that's not ideal. 
And so when you have people on your Facebook page who are admins or editors on your page, because they're, they're on your page and your page is linked to your group, have I lost you yet? <laughs> um, they can post to your Facebook group as your business because they are admins on your page. So they have, I guess, the authority to post to your group as your page. So if you want kind of all the behind the scenes stuff hidden, you don't, maybe you have a big team, but you always want the posts to show up in your group as your business. You don't necessarily want people to see four different people moderating your group, then that would be the way to do it. So again, just pick one and stay consistent with it if you can. Um, don't flip back and forth between them because it can be confusing unless when you're posting as your page, it's always the same specific kinds of posts and then people will get used to that. But don't like randomly like ask a question one day as your personal profile and then ask a question another day from your business profile. Don't do that, it's confusing. Okay, so that was number four. So I think we're on to number five now. Um, number five, what is the purpose behind your group? And again, if you're just creating your group because your page performance is sucking and you want more people to see and engage with your posts, um, just stop, abandon the idea now and come back when you have an idea that is more strategic and makes more business sense. Um, but if you if you have a good reason for creating your group, I want you to think about two things. One, what will your group members get out of being part of your group? Because everything we do in business, uh, a big part of it is about the people we are serving. And then two, how does your group fit into your overall marketing strategy and goals? Because again, if, if somebody... Some big name says, oh, Facebook groups are the way to go. And you and your marketing strategy right now is 100% focused on Instagram. Then does it make sense right now to create a Facebook group, right? That kind of thing. So think about those things. Um, like I said at the top, a lot of people are looking at Facebook groups as a place to host discussion forums and support for like online courses and memberships. But it can also be for specific events, whether those events are like short term and then the group gets archived or it's like an annual event. And so the group just kind of um, gets active once a year. Uh, in, in cases like that, your purpose is pretty straightforward because it's actually your group is just part of the product that you're selling or promoting. But when that's not the case, you need to spend time thinking about what are people going to get out of this group and how does this fit in? Does it does it make sense within the larger picture of your business? So the purpose of your group from the members perspective has to be a little bit different than your page. Um, so I've talked to people who have been struggling with groups and when I ask them, well, what content are you posting on your, in your Facebook group? And uh, too often <laughs> I hear, they're like, well, I just, I just post the same thing to both places. And then my immediate response is, well, what's the point of that? 
<laughs> if you are doing the exact same posts on your page and on your group, so people who are in both places are going to get kind of annoyed. Um, but groups work differently than pages. Uh, pages are a little bit more for broadcasting, whereas a group is more for discussion. And as much as we like to try to generate discussion on our pages, and some people are very, very good at it, groups are designed for that, right? Um, so when someone joins a group, especially if you have your group set so that only personal profiles can join, um, people right then already have to feel closer to you or have a closer relationship with you electronically speaking um, to join your group with their personal profile. That's uh, the level of privacy is a little bit deeper than if they just liked your page. Um, because in theory they could like your page and you don't even know who they are, you just see your number go up by one, but when somebody joins your group you can see their name, you can see their picture, um, you can even see a few details about them like what other groups they are in and when they joined Facebook and things like that. So that's one of the big things that makes groups and pages different. So when people join your group, they they might be looking, sorry, let me back up a second. When people like your page, they're probably just looking for information or tips about your business or whatever you're selling or whatever industry you're in. If they are joining your Facebook group, um, they're probably looking for more in-depth information, stuff that you're not necessarily giving out to the general public. Uh, they might also be looking to network or they want uh, additional support, not just from you, but from other entrepreneurs or business owners like them. Um, they, to make things easier for everyone, make sure that your group topic is clear and specific um, and then you will attract the right people. If your group topic is too general, it's going to be like a free-for-all and people will join and then they'll be like, well this isn't what I thought it was and hopefully they leave but some people won't. <laughs> they'll just unfollow your group and then you have all these people that have joined your group but they're not engaging because they've turned off your posts and nobody wants that. Okay, so what what number are we on? One, two, three, four, five. I think we're on number six now. Yeah, number six. <laughs> so what are you going to talk about? So the previous one was kind of like what's the purpose of your group and then getting a little bit more specific. What are you going to talk about? Uh, one of the most important things is to make sure that you are not just, like I said before, not just copy pasting stuff from your business page into your group. People won't really like that. If you do it once in a while, totally fine. Um, but I see people doing it a lot. And in some groups, again, it totally depends on the purpose of the group. Um, if you have spent a lot of time building up your group, 
and you've let your page just kind of sit there and you never used it, then I totally understand you have way more people in your group than you do on your page. So you put your content on your page and share it into the group. Makes sense. But if you have, you know, 5,000 followers on your page and you've just started your group and you have 50 people, those 50 people, you know, chances are they already liked your page and that's how they found out about your group. So just copying the stuff in, they're going to get annoyed. <laughs> um, so you have to figure out the purpose of your group and then the what you're going to post about will kind of flow from there. Um, and so just some quick ideas to throw it out so you can start kind of some processes and workflows. Uh, you could have theme days relating to your business or member interests. So that could be as simple as like Tip Tuesday um, or Social Sunday or things like that um, that you could have in your group. When you're starting out, that makes it easy uh, to come up with ideas to post. But if that's all you do right off the bat, uh, especially if you have a really small group that's a little bit quiet, that will become repetitive and people, the engagement might drop off. So you'll have to start to mix it up fairly quickly. Um, groups are really awesome for market research. So is there information that you would like to know about your group members that you can frame as sort of an open-ended question or even a really specific question that's just a yes or no, get them to respond. Um, this is information that is going to help you serve them better that's going to help you decide what content to create or what other types of posts to write for them. Uh, use your group to find out that information. And then, is there any valuable information about your products, your services, or your industry of relevant? So this would be the kind of stuff that you would also post on your Facebook page. So maybe you can just post it once in a while into your group, or maybe in your group you go a little bit more in-depth because um, that's the way to entice people to join your group if they already follow your page. Say, well, I go a little bit deeper into the topics inside the group. There's more information. Number seven, how will you promote your group? So right now, you can't directly create an ad for a Facebook group. Um, there are some kind of tricky ways to do ads to... Um, get your group in front of people, but as of right now, you can't do a Facebook ad that promotes a group specifically. Um, and when I first started talking about this, I thought, well, for sure, Facebook will implement uh, a Facebook group ad objective really soon, and they still haven't. So I'm a little bit surprised, um, pleasantly surprised, I think. Um, yeah, because as soon as we start putting out ads for Facebook groups is when people start hating Facebook groups. <laughs> okay, so basically you just have to talk about your group, um, post about it in other groups, on your Facebook page, in other social media um, platforms, on your website, in emails, things like that. So Think about these things. If your group is not part of a program or a course or a product that people are already signing up for, how are you going to get them to go and click that join button? 
Um, will the group be like a free opt-in? Will it be something um, that you offer as part of like a nurture sequence? Is it just going to be the main thing on your website? Um, a step in your funnel after they've already signed up or purchased something? How are you going to promote it? How are you going to get the word out there? Um, yeah, once bigger groups tend to get automatically recommended um, more than smaller groups. So you do need, you can't just rely on Facebook to show your group to people with similar interests. That happens. Um, but especially when your group is small and there's not a ton of engagement yet, uh, you need to do some legwork on it. So that's number seven. Uh, number eight, what do you need to know before people join? So when people click that join button, what do you need to know from them before you will let them into your group? And there is a bunch of different ways to do this. Um, so we'll talk about these and then I'll tell you what I do and why I do it the way I do. So right now you can set member questions and you can write up to three questions that people can answer when they join. Um, so what information would you like from those people before you let them in? And I have seen questions just ranging from like, hey, did you read the rules? And then they have to type yes. And you just, it's an honor system, right? There's no way to actually verify that um, to like, write a paragraph about your business um, or like give me the link to your blog and they want to check you out before they'll let you in like as the group owner and moderator it's your prerogative what do you need to know just be aware the more information you ask people up front it's like an opt-in right the more people or the more things you ask people to fill out uh, before joining the less likely some people will be to do it, right? So it's a bit of a barrier, it creates some friction there. Um, if you're asking people for like super straightforward things, like what's your name, what's your website link, you know, that kind of stuff is okay. Um, so group members, or sorry, group moderators, group owners, we're using this kind of stuff to vet or verify that the potential member really belongs in the group uh, and isn't just going to spam. So um, the one thing I want to touch on is email addresses because there is some fuzzy legal area when it comes to say CASEL which is the Canadian anti-spam law and GDPR which is the EU's version of uh, spam law. The spam laws in California just got updated. I'm not sure about like the US as a whole, but the way Facebook groups are set up now, you can't simply ask someone for their email in, in one of those questions and then they type in their email and then you can add them to your email list because you have to um, in a perfect world, you're getting explicit consent. Um, sometimes people use a checkbox to say like, yes, sign me up for your emails. Um, 
what I do, what I do. Uh, so people who come to my Facebook group are only allowed in if they have signed up for membership with me. So my Facebook group is actually just a part of my membership. Um, so in those three questions, one of the questions I do ask is, hey, let me know what email you've signed up with so I can match your profile. Because sometimes people's emails, you can't figure out that it's them <laughs> from their email. Um, it's like businesschick at gmail.com and then like Jane Doe signs up and I'm like, I have no idea if these are the same person. So I do ask for the email just to match them up. If they're not already on my email list, I need them to sign up. And so I include the link to the sign up page right in that question that they can copy and paste. And if they, um, if they don't copy and paste that, I'll send them a message saying, hey, you have to sign up over here. So I'm not just taking those emails and adding them to the list. Um, and then that's helping me stay compliant with like Castle and GDPR and all that stuff. And the reason why I have to have those emails is because going back to the very first thing I talked about, Facebook is just rented space. Uh, so my Facebook group, I have no doubt, would be way, way bigger if I just kept it open and just anyone who, who applied could join. But those people have to sign up for the membership, which includes the mailing list and the Facebook group and some other things. So everyone in my Facebook group, I have their emails. So if my Facebook group were to like explode and disappear, it would suck, but I have everyone's email. So um, I wouldn't be the end of the world for me. Then the last little thing, um, that you need to think about with the what do you need to know. So those three three questions, if you have them set up, there are going to be a portion of people who click join and then don't answer the questions. So how are you going to deal with those people? You just have to figure that out. Uh, if your group is very busy and you absolutely must have that information, uh, then if they can't follow simple instructions, then just decline them. <laughs> Uh, what I do, like I said, if they don't answer the questions or they don't answer them properly, uh, if it's somebody, I'll still check them out. Some of those people just get declined because they're not the right people for the group. But if they do look like they might be the right people, I'll send a message and say like, hey, I need this information or can you please go here to sign up? Again, they may respond. They may not. I give them a few days, you know, to <laughs> to see it and to respond um, and then if they still don't fill out the info they get declined so that brings us to the very last um, the last point here what will your group rules be now my kind of overall recommendation is to keep your rules as simple and straightforward as possible People are members of so many groups that if you have a giant list of very, very specific rules, um, chances are that people are going to be violating them 
right and left, and you're going to spend a lot of time moderating and hiding things and maybe even kicking people out. So if possible, keep them as straightforward as you can. Um, and the whole point of having rules is to make them so clear that you will never ever need to enforce them because everyone gets it. And don't be afraid to periodically just give people a reminder of the rules. Um, you could just repost them and say like, you know, maybe every time you have 50 new people be like, here's a reminder about the rules. Or maybe you just, you know, point out the rules to new members right away. Um, that's the ideal state. <laughs> so what rules do you want in your group? Uh, think about anything that you may not be comfortable with, and I'll give you some examples, and decide if you need to lay down the rules around those things. Also, look at the other groups that you're in that you enjoy and see what rules they have set up. So here's some, some examples of things you may or may not want to set rules around. So all group members have the ability to go live inside a group. That's just a Facebook feature. You have no control over that. Is that okay with you? If you're okay with members going live randomly whenever, then probably don't even mention it. Um, maybe they don't even know they have that power. But <laughs> if you do not want that, then put it in the rules. Say, uh, Facebook lives inside the group not allowed unless they ask permission. Uh, the same thing with adding stuff to your stories. So your group has a story just like your page has a story. And um, that is something that you actually do have a bit more control over. So you can actually put in your group settings whether that's allowed. But again, people generally don't know that. So if that's something you want to include in your rules just so people are aware, go ahead and do it. Uh, another big thing for groups is self-promotion. So do you allow people to promote themselves? If yes, is it whenever they want to? Um, is it only do you have specific posts that are for promotion and people can comment on those? Um, is it just on a certain day of the week you allow self-promotion? Just make sure that's clear in your rules. And also make sure that you're comfortable with the fact that some of those people who are promoting are going to be competitors because they're joining your group because they know their target audience is your group members. <laughs> and that's just something we all have to deal with. So uh, if you're not comfortable with competitors joining your group, then chances are you might have to not allow promotion at all. Um, so think about if that's something that's going to be a value to your members. Do you want members to be able, and if you allow promotion, do you want them to promote other Facebook groups? Um, because that's something that people sometimes aren't comfortable with. Uh, even if the group is a completely different topic. <laughs> uh, do you want members to be able to post affiliate links? Because again, they could be directly competing with you. Um, and under what circumstances would you remove a member? Do people get warnings? Is it like three strikes or is it just one <laughs> and you're out? Um, you know, be clear so people, people know. And you should have a 
happy and healthy group in no time. And the more engagement you can generate, the more it's kind of like a cycle that um, members will start engaging without your prompting. And that is the ideal state. So think about all of those nine things and create your processes for rules and your strategy and, and your content, what you're going to be posting about. Create your, your processes and your workflows around those things. So get as much of that information worked out before you actually you know, hit publish on that brand new group. And I promise you, all of that information that you've worked out and thought about is going to save you a lot of frustration getting your group up and running. So that wraps up today's episode of BSing with Brandy. If you enjoyed this topic, you can find more like it at bsingwithbrandy.com. That's Brandy with an I, not a Y. You can also find the show notes and links to any resources that I mentioned today. And while you're there, feel free to subscribe to future episodes on the platform of your choice. I wish you all the best getting shit done this week. Bye.